Colleen Cowie, and you're listening to the Pass the Mic podcast, a podcast dedicated to amplifying female, trans, and non-binary voices in music. The song you just heard is from the band Ahem, off of their upcoming album, Try Again. Ahem are a trio from Minneapolis, and they write some of the catchiest and happiest rock songs I've ever heard. After releasing two EPs, Ahem are coming out with their debut full-length on November 1st, on vinyl and cassette with the label Forged Artifacts. I sat down with Courtney, Elise, and Eric at IPR Studios in Minneapolis. Minneapolis and had no idea that it was the same exact studio where they recorded Try Again, or that my producer Ali helped them record the album. Keep listening to hear the full story and the rest of our conversation. I'm sitting in IPR right now in one of their very fancy studios, and I'm joined by the band Ahem. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here with me. Yeah, we're Thank super psyched. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, this is, I've heard it's kind of a serendipitous location for us to be in for this podcast because I'm told that you recorded your album Try Again in this exact same studio. We did. Yeah, we're all literally sitting where Elisa's drums were, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm probably three to five feet where I recorded. 
Yeah. Right now. <laughs> and I'm like Elisa's Roto Toms. Like her like forty <laughs> Roto Toms. That's exactly where I'm sitting. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, it seems like the perfect place to be talking today because we're gonna be talking about that album. So you can really put yourself back in the mindset, get in that headspace. Yes. Yes. I'm there. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, do you all want to maybe start by introducing yourselves? Just say your name and what you play in a hem? Sure. I'm Elise. I play drums in a hem. I'm Courtney and I play bass. And I'm Eric and I play guitar. Awesome. I definitely want to ask you all about the album Try Again. But before we do that, I kind of want to rewind a little bit and just get a little bit more background for maybe people who don't know who you are, haven't heard a hem before. Maybe do you each want to in like three words describe what you think a hem sounds like what a hem embodies mm. personifies that's a good that's one awesome. three words okay i've got three words they just mm-hmm. came to my head right away so maybe uh you know some people might critique them but i think they're the best <laughs> that i can come up with uh so sugar friendship and pop those are great. Oh, I love <laughs> that. Now I'm super self-conscious. I don't know how I'm going to up those three. I would add um, fuzzy to the, the list. I like that. It could go with like the friendship of like warm and fuzzy, but mm-hmm. also like sonically, you know, fuzzy, a little crunchy. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Hazy. I've already forgotten all of your three, so I might be doubling up. Did you say fun? <laughs> I didn't. No. That was one that came to my mind was fun. <laughs> I think I also thought loud, which the tinnitus in my ears reminds me of like all the time. It's how loud. Um, and um, I don't know, just happy, I guess. Yeah, happy. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the one that always comes back for me when I try to think about your music. I'm like, it just makes me smile. Cool. It just makes me happy. Aww. Oh, thanks. Good. Yeah. So I'm very happy to have you all here to chat with today. Thanks so much. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to be here. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I have been listening to Ahem for a couple years, but I don't think I've ever heard the official Ahem origin story. Oh, yeah. Mm. So how did you all meet and start playing together? Well, Marvel owns the rights to that origin story. So <laughs> really. Okay. No, Can't it's... Discuss. Yeah. Well, it started with, I don't know if that was 2015 or what summer it was. Yeah. Yeah, so Elise and I started playing music together um, just kind of happenstance that um, I had a handful of songs. I was kind of, I'd was never played music in the Twin Cities before. I'm from Chicago originally, and had met someone who's like, oh, I'm actually at the other recording school. McNally was like, we have some time, I have some time, can I record your songs? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I was like, well, if I'm gonna do that, I should, it'd be fun to have drums, and I'm the, an awful drummer. And so um, I was talking with my wife, Emily, about that. She's like, well, you should talk to someone I work with at the cafe, Groundswell in St. Paul, um, Elise. She's this amazing drummer. And so that was kind of how the connection was made. And so, yeah, that was kind of the start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we we like learned those three songs. We played those for a while and record. Did we record? No, we didn't. We never recorded. I feel like maybe we did go to McNally I, probably somewhere like deep in the memory drives of one of our phones <laughs> yeah. are like the three recordings that we did it wow. way back wow. then. Yeah. But yeah. this is like before just one, before Bottle Rocket. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, yep. We didn't even have. I think then pretty quickly we were like, "This is fun. We should maybe keep yeah. doing this and give this a name." Yeah. And you were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I was thinking of him." Yeah. <laughs> but I think those first three. I think we were playing like the lake, which was mm-hmm. on. 
the second EP. I think we were playing yeah. Honeybee then. Yeah. So like we were already playing songs that I think would come out on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think was Baby Bear in the first. Probably. Three? Yeah. Or maybe not. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Courtney, you came into the band a little bit later. Yeah. So I knew Elise from this awesome uh, organization called She Rock, She Rock. And uh, I had been living in the Twin Cities for a couple years, and I also play in the band The Ultrasounds, but they're based out of Winona, Minnesota, so I really uh, wanted to do more locally, and I remember Elise and I were sitting at, I think it was a Dunbros, and you were like, would you be interested in playing with the hem? And oh. at first I was like, oh, I'm, I'm busy, I don't know, and then a moment of clarity i'm not kidding came to me i'm like i want to i want to try this out i want to do this i want to start playing music with friends weekly again and i'm so happy because uh yeah it's just joyous to be playing music together i can't think of any other way to say it so i think that was about was it two years ago or a year and a half ago hmm. time is so uh, weird okay, i don't so probably <laughs> January. January. Okay, so now it's mm-hmm. October. It's like a year and a half. Yeah, because wasn't your first show with us at the entry? Yes. It was like a not very chill. I mean, it was a chill first show because it was super fun, but it was also like, here's your first show. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And that was a show where like Sam and I switched the bass and it became, was that oh, it? Oh, yeah, it was our yeah. Maybe was the that release show. <laughs> show. Yeah. Yeah, that might have been it. So, I don't even remember. Yeah, it feels wild. wild. Did one before, but yeah. Right. So yeah, that's how I I joined, just kind of through knowing Elise, and yeah. now I know Eric, and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, I love to hear you say that it's just like so joyous to play in this band because I feel like that energy, and the energy of you all having fun playing together and being friends totally comes through in your songs and your live performances. Um, so what has the process like for recording this new album, Try Again? I know it's your first full length album. You've put out two EPs before, but this is the first full length how does it feel to be releasing this debut release awesome (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) it's almost unbelievable like we touching the records and having them finished i can't believe it's a solid object yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that is very cool like we were talking about this before like literally like like that's the record right there you can hear it (laughs) tapping like this is the first time that like we've seen these and now to like bring them back into the room is <laughs> really is really cool it was mm-hmm. fun to record this and it was kind of like so we had recorded here once before for shoots and ladders we had done the initial recording here mm-hmm. um through kevin boat which was really kind to get this like free time and so when we had the opportunity again we had already kind of been talking about i think doing an ep or something mm-hmm. right yeah and then we were just like let's just do a full length like let's just do it and it was like months before the date and we didn't at that point maybe we had like three songs i don't yeah. even remember yeah i don't even think we had like half of the album definitely yeah but it's, we just were like we wanted it we wanted it on vinyl for one thing so yeah <laughs> yeah we were shooting for a certain amount of time yeah mm-hmm. i remember we came up with a checklist like if we want to do a full length oh, yeah. this is what we need to do by this practice yeah. this is what we need to do by next week's practice I mean, we were very checklist oriented yes. because we just didn't know if we would have time to 
do a right. full length. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we kind of just were like, well, let's just try. And if we get there and we don't, we'll just, as many songs as we have, we have. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of like the opposite problem was like the fact that we actually did have nine songs. And then like we got here and we we're like, how are we going to do nine songs in like three hours? Three hours or however Whatever much time we get, you know, after everything's set up. So I really have, yeah, it's like super fun to think about those months of just like trying, just like almost like putting it up to, into the universe. And it's like, either these songs will come or they won't. You know what I mean? Like, cause we're not gonna just record stuff we don't believe in or we're not gonna write anything that just to like do it. Like it's kind of just like, it, it was almost like putting the intention out there and just being like, that would be dope. Let's see if it happens. Mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. I still feel like a little surprised you know, yeah, that, it, too. that it did, but super grateful too, that I think it like compacted our work to like, write those things but also to have this like high goal where it was like but if we're gonna like put them on vinyl like we really want to believe in them so it was like this weird mix of like let's do it fast but let's also like hope that quick inspiration means yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i'm super proud of what came out that was fun yeah i think (laughs) each song is special and awesome and yeah with that time constraint we did. We did all right, pals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also think about how I got poison ivy that fall. Oh, like yeah. that really bad poison ivy that was like all over my arms and what they <laughs> like medicated me with. I like didn't sleep for like four months. Really? Like, yeah, I was so remember like I would just like I couldn't slow down. So sometimes I wonder too if like poison that ivy helped. is like <laughs> helped like me right with music or something because if my brain was just like always going like frantically washing dishes for like four months because <laughs> I had so much energy. So oh my anyway, gosh, yeah. Wow. So did you just come in for one day then in the studios here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then we spent a few more hours in the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing vocals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's really just like that one shot. Yeah, that was the other thing. I, yeah, we were like, first we don't know if we'll get these songs written, like enough songs, and then we're like, yeah, how are we gonna? Well, we might not have enough time right. to record them, and then they might not sound good. Right, because <laughs> we're basically doing it. I mean, they're all live takes, you know, in terms yeah. of like what we recorded here was the core, like drums, bass, and like the m- main guitar take. And it was all, it was just like we were doing takes and yeah. it was like they were either going to turn out or they weren't. And we didn't have time to like and if we do 20 takes or like go back and punch something in. It was just, we kind of just had to like feel it. Just kind of a nerve wracking thing. And that's why it's like super cool actually like who you're working with with the podcast because like we talk all the time about how cool it was the way the students like made us feel good <laughs> about yeah. what we were doing. Like, um, Yeah, they would clap and cheer us on after each take yeah so sweet it was a really positive energy i remember some of the songs were so new to me that i still had notes written out for songs that i had in front of me as we're recording (laughs) and then just to see the students clap and affirm i'm like okay great yeah (laughs) yeah and they were each like taking turns at the mixing board kind of running it it seemed like and so they like we'd get different like feedback from different songs and you know like oh this one made me think of this or that which was super cool mm-hmm. um yeah didn't someone say this one makes me feel like i'm in the back of a car and it's raining or i, I remember like some specific <laughs> yeah yeah image i'm having a memory of that too <laughs> yeah totally 
Well, and it was the first time some of those songs had really been heard by an audience, now that I think about it. Oh, that's very, super mm-hmm. true. I'd never thought about that. I mean, we were playing some of them live and probably still like revising them yeah. while we were gigging them. But the I, I bet the vast majority, no one. Yeah, we'd never played for anyone. They I'd didn't even have that. lyrics yet, some of them. Yeah, we wrote a lot of the lyrics like on the fly in the basement when we were recording with Dan. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it seems like kind of a collaborative project in that way to have all of that feedback, mm-hmm. to have like one day in the studio here and work with a bunch of different producers. Just yeah. as a little bit of background, our producer, Allie, for those who are listening and don't know, Allie, who produces this podcast, was one of the people at IPR. She was a student at the time yes. and helped produce this album in this same room <laughs> yes. that we're recording this podcast in, which I still can't get over. It's amazing. And I think honestly, I think it might have been And Allie, you can cut this out if it's wrong, but I feel like you were the one you can nod to me and tell me if I'm right. I feel like I feel like it was after we played canopy maybe or it was it was which i was definitely the first time we'd ever done that and you were like this is the song that i would listen to i would like sit in my car is that right i wish you had a mic and you could tell it better than me but that stuck with me literally like and we totally mentioned that like uh, how much that meant to be a band like in you know because when you record like you get used to playing music in spaces that are both very comfortable for you, like for us in the bunker, like mm-hmm. this, if it's just home and you, there's no one there and you can experiment and like you can do whatever and the world never knows, you know, like if, you know, like, oh, that one course we tried or whatever. And then you get used to playing music in really uncomfortable situations, which is gigging, you know, at least for me, I should just mention that. Like for <laughs> me, I shouldn't just say that's for everyone, but for someone with like social anxiety, like playing shows, you know, you just have to get used to doing that in front of people and the studio is like a weird middle ground you know where it's like it's a little bit of both but then you feel really pressure at least with this one because it was like it's our one day Mm -hmm. we either get it or we don't you know and I don't know and so it meant so much to like have people encouraging us you know whether Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe they just had to like that's you know like maybe that's like the law but like whether it was or not it felt super genuine and was like I feel like that's in the recording. Yeah, give me a lot of confidence. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember we said, like, remember how sad it was to move past the point when we were mixing the album when then we had to cut out the sound of clapping that we could <laughs> oh, hear? Yeah. Like, because for a while, like, when we were doing the vocal takes and the guitar overdubs, all that, like, extra, like, was in there and it just became like a part of how it was and I still remember like how sad mm-hmm. it was when it was like oh yeah at some point we have to clean all that out <laughs> yeah. I mean I want to see like a deluxe version I want to hear like an extended cut of this album with yeah all that in there we definitely yelled a bunch of just like weird <laughs> things that yeah, lived like, with these songs for a long time over instrumental parts while yeah we're, like, reading to saying there was there was definitely a Hell yeah. Yeah, there were some hell yeahs. And, um, that was in there till the very end. And the clapping or like yell. Yeah. And yeah. That's so fun to think about. <laughs> Feel very grateful. Yeah. Because I don't know. I've never had that experience in a band. No. You know? mm-hmm. Me neither. So. Me too. Yeah. I feel like that ties into some of your descriptor words from the beginning. The like friendship, happy fun like that supportive environment that's awesome that that is like you can literally hear the product of that in this album so two of these songs are available right now as singles 
I've been listening to them. I've been loving them. I'm super excited to hear the rest of them, a couple Thanks. of which I've heard live, actually. And I'm very mm-hmm. excited to hear the recorded oh, versions. Cool. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about writing some of these songs? Were these songs written specifically for this album? I know you said it was a pretty rushed process of getting all of these songs together. Um, so what is your songwriting process typically like for Ahem? It's typically, yeah, I think Eric brings in a seed of a song, like a chorus or verse or something like that. Usually guitar with maybe, so like a chord progression, maybe a, a melody, but no, no lyrics yet. And then, yeah, everyone's a little different, but generally, you know. Yeah. I remember specific. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. I remember specifically with No Kid hearing you had the riff worked out. I remember both of us being like, we love this. We have to do this. And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, no, this is genius. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's fun how spontaneous it is. Yeah, exactly. Like the way that a little kernel or snapshot, it's just like this like window. It's like this crack into somewhere that's much bigger but like it's not like any one of us comes in with like a fully formed like here's the song like (laughs) and now here are the parts you know and it's usually more just like there's this thing tripping around in my head and I have about like eight seconds of it or sometimes it's maybe like as much as like a verse and a chorus with like no lyrics ever really um, or maybe like just tone, you know, like I know what a word should sound like. And then, and then we just play it. We just like work ideas and see what, yeah, it just mm-hmm. kind of comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like sideways was one that I'd written like while I had poison Ivy <laughs> and I, I just feel like <laughs> that one like had come up with maybe just like the chorus to start and maybe a part of a verse. Um, and that one, that was one of the earlier ones, I feel like. Mm-hmm. that. So that one almost had a little more, like, germination time, I feel like. Like, I feel like we played that one a couple different ways mm-hmm. before settling. Whereas, yeah, No Kid just kind of, like, just, I feel like we wrote that in a practice yeah, in, like, we 10 did. minutes. Yeah. Like, it just kind of, we worked it all the way through, and then it was like, there it is. And then we just had to find the lyrics, mm-hmm. kind of, which is how we've always worked. Like, all the way back to the first EP, we would just, like, brainstorm lyrics together. And, like, we have these drum heads. Elise's old drum heads are just, like, full of scrawled lyrics. Like, mm-hmm. we found them. Didn't we find the one to Bottle Rocket the other yeah. day? And, like, yeah. um, we would just, like, scribble lyrics till we found them. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that process reminds me a little bit of the lyrics to Sideways of kind of being like, I don't have to have like a straight and narrow path. Things are going to be a little bit windy and we'll end up where we end up. And that's kind of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I think we've always tried to like write songs that sound happy mm-hmm. and that make you feel happy, but usually they're kind of s- about sad things. I don't know. There's like a mix. I guess yeah. it's happy. Sad. It's the both. They're happy. I think sad. we described it as happy, sad. Yeah. The very beginning or like, yeah, there's like a, a duality. Right. In most songs. Yeah. Like the Beach Boys. Just yeah. like the Beach Boys, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Totally. That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like that's what makes like a lot of your songs really like happy to me is it's not just like I'm going to sing about happy things and like put on a good face. Like it's a very believable version of happy. Um mm. I think one of my favorite songs, which is a little bit older, is Air Supply, going back to Shoots and Ladders, because I think you write so well about feeling young and just embracing all of the simple things that kind of become a lot harder when you become an adult. Like just saying, I'm going to climb a tree and I'm going to run and I'm going to be sweaty 
and that's gonna make me feel alive yeah i love that there's definitely an, a nostalgia in most of them yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. your childhood yeah how do you feel like you all still tap into that like childish feeling as an adult that's a great question I just kind of am a child in an <laughs> adultish body. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, playing music helps. I mean, I yeah. suppose you can, like, take musical energy in any direction. It doesn't have to be. But and but this is just the way that we've, like, I feel like when we play music together, it's a place to kind of make things more simple. I mean, I don't know. But that feels counterintuitive to, like, the depth, I think, of, like, how much we care about the songs like it's not just about like, oh let's just have fun like I feel like we're actually really like mm-hmm. trying to express things that are really central to who we are but in a way that's not threatening or heavy or serious or like the mm-hmm. weight of the world because that's just like that's the shit that just being adult just like you get served that in heaps already <laughs> and like this is a I feel like this is a space that I don't know, among many others, I'm sure, where we let ourselves just kind of like, let's take this seriously, but like the way that like an eight-year-old takes climbing a tree seriously, you know, mm-hmm. like not the way, a I don't know, an adult approaches their career serious, you know, mm-hmm. like which, I don't know. And every everyone's different and that's just kind of how, I don't know, at least from my vantage point, I should just say like that's the space I like to enter and I feel like I get to enter because of Courtney and Elise like mm-hmm. playing music, like um i get to just kind of care about it like to my very core but in a way that is also kind of like it's almost like saying like let's try to do a full length you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. you just like put put it up and it yeah it just is yeah i agree i think our creative process is really playful and being playful is what being a kid is to me at least and like another way to think about it i remember i can't remember what cover song it was but Eric's like, hey, do you want to like learn this cover song tonight at practice and then play it later at the show tonight? And we're all like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And Why it was not? just, <laughs> it was, it was fun. It was playful, and uh, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that was our release show at the entry. <laughs> it wasn't. It was like at a release show, and we didn't. Like not only no, we didn't even. I think I texted you, and I was <laughs> yeah, like, "Do you yeah. know this, this one? I don't know. Maybe you don't. This is probably a bad yeah. idea." And I sent you like a phone recording of me playing it on acoustic, and they were both just like, "Hell yeah, let's do it." Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and I, I like, think yeah, that to me is childlike and fun. Like, yeah. let's just take a risk and run with it, and uh, we still take it seriously, but yeah. but it's it's yeah. Yeah. It's because you get to do stuff like that. And that all like filters through like when you're like writing a song and you don't have the lyrics, but you need to find the melody. Like I remember Sam when we were, I feel like this is something Sam had said, um, Sam Stallman, who we played bass for us first and who we love and everyone here knows. And I remember Sam saying like, what I, one of the things I love about like playing with a hem is that like you just try things like you just yell melodies or like you know when we're trying to work things out and it, like not every band gets to do that where you just can let let yourself act like a fool to try to find this note that's like mm-hmm. eight registers too high for me or something like that like <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah mm-hmm. and it's fun to be in a band where you can like 
propose something totally dumb like that and it's like <laughs> yes and then you're like that's actually like the thing i remember most from the release show almost it was like oh yeah we did that that was not smart but it was so fun <laughs> yeah and i feel like that makes it really fun for the audience too to kind of see that like risk factor there like if you are watching a show and you see a band just like you know kind of standing very still and like it seems very safe and very rehearsed like that's not as exciting i mean not to you know talk down on bands who are like mellow on stage and do right. thing because that's totally cool and some people just connect with their music that way too but i feel like that's really fun about seeing you all play live is like you can just see how excited you all are about it um which is interesting then to hear you eric say that you know, it is nerve wracking to perform those songs still. Um, yeah. What does it feel like from your perspective on stage performing these songs? I mean, I have my own, like, for me, it's like, it's this really weird mix of like, um, the most important thing is just like feeling absolutely like grateful and blessed to get to play music for people. Like, it's just, I hope I never forget, you know, like, how lucky that is you know to to get to share your music with people who would come of their own volition and stand in front of you and pay five bucks or whatever you know and like and be really nice by listening you know i don't know so that but then that's mixed with like just like extreme terror you know because <laughs> of my anxiety and like i don't know i just spend like the, the other half of me spends the entire time just like waiting to be done because i'm so afraid of just like being there i don't know i've never really talked about that before i don't know yeah, it's just know but that, it's definitely but... yeah it's just um and it's like it's a night i don't know i feel like i wish i was someone who like would f could feel free on a stage you know like i feel like i feel like i watch other bands or like i watch cornelius and i just like i i don't know i wish i could feel that way because i don't i'm kind of more just like hold it together you know and like try not to look too scared um well, you are you always seem i was gonna say your stage banter is so good <laughs> yeah so good it's probably just my nervous <laughs> energy coming no, out great. yeah but what's it like for yeah. you two I, it's so fun that's such a great question because like these aren't the things you yeah. sit around and talk about as a band yeah. what's it like uh, on stage for yeah you. but what <laughs> like, is it like for a stage on youtube i'm so excited to find out mm. well for me i know that a lot of times I'm thinking about my movement because I'm actually somebody mm -hmm. who's most comfortable standing in one place. Um, so when I'm on stage, I'm like, okay, I got to look cool with my movements, but I can't be too out there with my movements. So like I'm thinking about my movements so much, <laughs> which is so silly because, you know, I'm having a blast and I love playing the songs. And I love my favorite moments are maybe when I like catch eye contact with either of you yeah. and we just smile at each other. Those are my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I gotta figure out what I wanna do with my movements on stage because <laughs> you like write out a checklist before you're yeah. like, okay, I could do this like head bob, I could do a sway. right, right, because yeah. I could never like I couldn't do a kick, I could never do a kick. <laughs> Don't but, say never. Yeah, you could. <laughs> but I've been playing. I mean, I've been playing on stages for probably ten years, and I still haven't found my. My my moves. I gotta find some moves. <laughs> Maybe we can take like moves class from other bands. Because <laughs> I like watch notes. other bands in the scene. I'm like they're so good on stage. Yeah. Like and you two are super good on stage. Like I don't I don't feel like you need to work on your moves at all. Like you look very natural. Oh thank you. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like yeah I should like practice standing yeah. or because I'm always just like would it be okay to sit. 
Like, could right. I have like a couch? Right. Because I would like literally like ninety percent of my social anxiety would go away if I had a couch. <laughs> Maybe that's our new. I'm just always afraid of falling over. I don't know. It's weird. I have that Do you fear have that too. Same? I have a fear that I'm gonna fall off the stage. Oh. And so if it's like a high stage, especially I've been wearing these wedges because they make me look taller. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I like step on my tuning paddle, slip, and fall off stage? Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I am just spoiled because I'm sitting and, I know. and I'm moving my limbs so I don't have to think about yeah what my moves are so are you like perfectly comfortable at least then on stage are you just like here I, I am be a little nervous. it's all good I think uh singing is makes me most nervous mm. um but yeah because I never this is the first band where I've sang this much I think I would do little harmonies here and there mm-hmm. with other people but not yeah so much so yeah that makes me nervous. I'm like, if I'm thinking about my, thinking too much about one thing, yeah, or the other, I might forget something. Or I don't know. Do you think every band is like, I look like an idiot on stage, and then I go to a show and everyone looks so cool? Or do you think there are bands who like know they're like, I look cool on stage. <laughs> I like, will I say. objectively look like a badass on stage. <laughs> like. Are there bands do you think that feel like have that co- confidence? Yeah, I'm sure they I'm do, sure and think like good for them. That's like incredible to mm-hmm. know you. I don't know to like I know believe I have, that about yourself to, like, is so cool. Say I rock, I rock, I got this. You know, really right. pump ourselves up. Right, right. <laughs> it's true. And what's cool is that like no one's judging. You know, like right. that's kind of the amazing thing is it's not like we're like oh my god, and then we hear about like everyone's like Eric, you look so socially awkward up there. Like get. <laughs> get a couch you know like no one's like (laughs) saying that it's all self-imposed because i look at literally every band locally i have ever seen i'm like you look so cool on stage yep every single one i'm just like (laughs) you all look so perfectly at home on stage you're like amazing why can't i be like that but you are maybe i am i think you're really cool me i have no idea i don't know a couch would help (laughs) i want i want to see that i know you all have a release show coming up soon so yeah. i'm gonna be looking for the couch at that, that show that would be sweet yeah. <laughs> and speaking of that show i know you're gonna be playing some of the songs off of this album um do you think there are any songs on the album that are gonna surprise listeners do you think there's anything that's more of a departure or mm. that's gonna come as a bit of a surprise great question which one like oh, what do you think i think um I mean, No Kid is starts uniquely for mm-hmm. us, and Canopy is just weird. Yeah, that's and a weirder one for us. Sunspots, the last, the last song on the album. That's it's probably the most. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we even had some tracks where we layered in some acoustic guitar, which I right. think is oh, unexpected. Yeah, yeah mm. for the rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, we let ourselves like try out some, for, to us, weird things. You know mm-hmm. that we hadn't done before we recorded sunspots with um a baby head microphone yeah a baby head <laughs> microphone yeah yeah so we recorded in my basement yes uh, with my husband dan burnt and uh he has had this baby doll head that he spray painted gold <laughs> and then like cut with uh very strong scissors and then stitched <laughs> back together with a microphone inside of it okay um for years like since i've known him i remember when we first started dating this baby head was just on the middle 
of the floor of his bedroom and I'm like what <laughs> is this like red flag red flag yeah yeah it's exactly, so creepy exactly. like he should clean his room and also what is that yeah but um so that is the microphone years yeah. later that we used to record sunspots yeah because we thought you know we would maybe put this song at the end and it would be really lo-fi and yeah Dan was like well I've got this baby head yeah do the trick <laughs> and it was like perfect and we ju- i just couldn't look at it while we were recording yeah, yeah it it's the creepiest thing scary it looks like sid from toy story yes. a little bit that's the naughty kitten sid right yeah. or in toy story I right so, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah wow yeah that baby head was always around when we were recording right it was it's always just floor. like leaning against i feel like we had two like emblems from like record like all the basement recording it was like that baby head microphone and then it was that Lemonheads vhs that you oh, found yeah. and we just had them like <laughs> propped up so like if you needed a little shot of like creepy punk rock energy you could look at the gold baby head and if you needed to just like chill out a little bit you could look at evan dando <laughs> on vhs <laughs> yeah so for this release you're also working with no earbuds yeah. Mm-hmm. To do some press. Um, I, I'm i obsessed with no earbuds. I think Jamie Coletta is absolutely amazing. Um, how did you get connected with her? Uh, it was through Matt at Forged Artifacts that connected us. Um, yeah, we'd, I mean, uh, yeah, Jamie is just like incredible. And um, yeah, just like looked up to her for a long time. And yeah, so th- it was just really, it meant so much to know that, um, that, Jamie was down to help us with the with the album. That was just mm-hmm. like, wow, this is so fun. And yeah, she is just like an absolute pro, like the just the best. Like so kind and knowledgeable and like um real, you know, mm-hmm. like isn't just kind of trying to tell you what you want to hear, or like come up with I don't know. It's just like you can tell how much experience um she has and obviously like the bands she's worked with is just like whoa they're all so incredible so that's how we got connected up with with jamie yeah nice that's awesome yeah i've been following her blog and she just put out a list of ways to support your favorite bands without spending money yeah which i thought was incredible and i wanted to ask you all what you thought and if there's like one way that you think you can people can support their favorite band on a local level, on a national level, without spending any money? Oh, that's a good Mm, question. Mm. (laughs) Well, I'm a teacher, and I told my students to all listen to Ahem Singles on Spotify in their sleep. (laughs) 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 On repeat. Nice, there you go. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if I'd give that tip authentically. I said it more tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's great, that's great. I don't know. There's like so, I feel like there's, it's so hard because so much of how we're like taught to support music is by consuming it with money and like using money to do that. Like Mm -hmm. it's really, which is why like, yeah, that, that piece that, that Jamie, um, was it Olivia? I think with Jamie that put out, yeah. Like what they put out was so cool. Just simple things like, like don't just listen to a band on Spotify, like follow them, mm-hmm. like make a point to follow them on it because of how that helps kind of um, every time they do release new music, the way that it, that it, the way that it goes out into the, 
the world is just like magnified that much more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think to me, it's just like, I guess if I look back at my own experience being new in this city, not knowing anyone, especially musically, like the number one thing that helped me was like people were so open to just talk to me like and it like took a while you know like I and so I guess I had to like I paid the cover to go to the show so that part is I'm spending money but like I'm not paying anyone to talk to me and no one's paying to talk to me and like when I was able to start like introducing myself to people at shows or if I'd go to dead media or a record store in town and I just ask them questions like talk is free and like that's literally kind of how so much of this started like Jordan Blue, who um, recorded our first two albums like that was through talking with someone at um, Dead Media because we really loved these bands that he'd recorded and we're like mm-hmm. do you think he would be interested in talking with us and they're like yeah here's his email it was all just like the freedom of like the f- feeling safe to ask a question and knowing that someone there was going to take their time and answer it or or just have a conversation I don't know Mm -hmm. I don't think that's I don't know that would be my own like thing that you can do to support just music in general you don't know what band you're supporting you don't know Mm -hmm. what it turns into when you're talking like all the people that I talk to have no idea they were encouraging me internally to like make music in a new city and reach out to people Mm -hmm. and try to do that like they had no clue they were just talking to an awkward dude who had a question (laughs) but like it meant the world and they would have never known you know but it did so that's one I don't know that's what I would Mm. say yeah it's amazing I feel like that says a lot about like the Minneapolis and St. Paul music community too is just that everyone here is so open to answering those questions and reaching out to people and even if there's not anything in it for them just saying hey I know this person who I can connect you to or Mm -hmm. have you met that person you might want to play at this venue I feel like we have such a strong scene here mm-hmm. in terms of co- community and support rather than just being like competitive and I'm going to do whatever it takes to like support myself. Mm-hmm. I really Absolutely. love that. Yeah. yeah. When I feel like Elise and Courtney are coming from like totally different vantage points than I was, like I was brand new, but I feel like you both have been a part of the music community in the Twin Cities or in Minnesota mm-hmm. for like way longer than I was, you know, like with She Rock and with other bands mm-hmm. and yeah, and I can't credit She-Rock enough. Um, I was not a very confident musician until I started working for the organization. And, um, yeah, again, I learned kind of uh, how how to be a musician through them. Yeah. And so um, not only did I meet a bunch of amazing folks, but, yeah, that I can't thank She-Rock enough. Yeah, same here. I Just the connections I have, it's like, it's it's almost too easy to be like yeah <laughs> we need uh to find someone who can take photos of us maybe you know like oh we know people through Chirac or <laughs> we need a bassist oh. <laughs> yeah amazing yeah Yeah, that's how I feel I feel so lucky to be part of that Chirac community Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's made me so much more confident as a musician first off just 
putting myself in the same space as a bunch of the musicians I look up to and being like, I love this band. Oh, they're so cool. Mm -hmm. I get to be in a band with this person and band coach with this person. Like, I don't deserve to be here. I feel like it does boost your confidence and really throws you in that position of you're going to take on a lot of responsibility and you're just going to have to do it. And all of these people are going to support you. Yeah. But also like building those connections too. Like that's how, that's how I know Ahem is through sheetrock. And Mm -hmm. I feel so lucky to know all of these local bands personally and just be introduced to their music through that community. Yeah, and just the whole vibe of the organization, it just, like, radiates out of just support and encouragement. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, on that note of support and community, I wanted to thank you all one more time for talking with me because it's Mm -hmm. been a blast. And I love having you all here and bringing you back to the space where this wonderful album was made. (laughs) so lucky to have it to close out my podcast i like to ask all my guests if there is someone that they want to shout out this could be someone you know personally someone you look up to anyone who you feel like inspires you and makes your life a little bit better oh wow wow there's so many just (laughs) yeah it's a very vague as we were talking about she jenny case the uh yeah executive director co-founder of she rock she rock <laughs> changed my life <laughs> that's awesome so the first thought that came to me was my dog and i'm just gonna <laughs> stick with it uh, so my dog's name is freya she's adorable but like whenever i'm having a bummer day my dog is just there for me and uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding i just love my oh, dog yeah. so that's much awesome. <laughs> I love it. I freya love is awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. she's so cute yeah, <laughs> I feel like all Courtney's pets were like major players in yes. the recording of "Try Again" in the that cats. basement. As well. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's so many, but yeah, I, I mean, my first thought goes to home too, like my wife and my son. Like, I know, like, it's not super rock and roll, but it's like literally the heart of everything, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just it's just connected to it all, and like any kind of joy and all of that. Just I don't know that they're such a huge part of it. So I can't shout them out enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, thanks you all for being on my podcast. Thank you yeah, so thank much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This has been awesome.
You can listen to the two singles from Try Again right now at helloahem.bandcamp.com and keep an eye out for the full album, which comes out on November 1st. The Pass the Mic podcast is produced by Ali Pashuk and Colleen Cowie and is presented by Renaissance People's Media. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and at pass-the-mic.com. If you want to help us out, you can also give us a review on Apple Podcasts or a star rating. It really helps a lot and helps spread the word. If you also want to support the people who make this podcast happen and pass the mic, you can head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pass the mic mag. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.